The lines have been painted. The fields have been watered. Matches have been set. Travel plans arranged. Tickets are being purchased. Uniforms sought after. Tapes are being dissected. Schemes are being created. John Gruden snickers as Bill Belichick scowls. Greg Williams rasps as Jeff Fisher naps. Hugh Jackson is weeping into his hands. Jalen Ramsey is calling out future Hall of Famers. Des Bryant is repeatedly refreshing his emails. DirecTV is raising your cable bill for Sunday ticket as your friend from high school that you don't talk to anymore is asking you, will you join my fantasy league? And Dante Fowler, after getting kicked out of practice for fighting with his teammates, is tweeting out, they hated Jesus too. That all means one thing, gentlemen, and do you know what that is? Finally, the National Football League is back! Welcome to Season 3 of the Left Coasters Podcast! Woo! Wow. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm with Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, and Brian the Ballerina Balzarini. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back to bring you the best NFL podcast this side of the Mississippi. Season 3 of the Left Coasters begins right now as we break down the Rams and the Chargers and the future for their 2018 season. Are you gentlemen ready? I have been ready for weeks and weeks and weeks. I have been doing mock drafts for fantasy. I have been reading up Can't on wait. the Chargers and Rams and the Jaguars and the Patriots and every single NFL story that comes out from Bill Barnwell and Mike Rice and Alden Gonzalez and Dan <laughs> Wojcicki. And holy shit, it's time for football again. It's back. We made it. Once again, you think at the end, at the beginning of February, you can't do it. You cannot simply fathom NFL coming back. It's so long. It's so far away. And gentlemen, we are here. Preseason games are happening. Pads are on. People are getting hit. It's happening. I can't tell you what it felt like to be in a bar and see a football game on the television screen Actual. and just the electricity, beautiful sight, the electricity of everybody just looking up and going, my God, it's back. My God, it's, it's back. back. I can't wait. I'm so excited. We have so many things planned for you guys this season. It's going to be a real treat. As always, we're going to be back with the regular games of Gravestones, with the regular Pick'em pick challenges that we have. I believe Brian is a two-time, two-time, two-time defending champion. Am ding, I right? Ding, 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 exactly. Ding. Three more for Booker T status. We, we got to take him down, Dangles. Me and you got to take him down this year. I came those... close last year. I came very, very close. Trailed off towards the end, though. But, uh, you know, hey, two years is uh, is long enough, I think, to hold the throne. It's time for some time to fresh take blood. Down. Time to take Sign him down. Time for some fresh blood. We will be bringing gravestones and pick them back on our next show, which is one of my favorite shows of the year. How we break down the preseason, uh, heading into the season, the marry, fuck, kill of the divisions. Every division we go through, we marry, fuck, kill, and that's how. That's where the real crooked crumbles, and we get into some real icy arguments over what teams we think are good and what teams we think are bad. But today is all about the reason we started this podcast. The two Los Angeles football franchises that came here and decided to call LA home, along with us, the Los Angeles. Angeles Rams and the Los Angeles Chargers. We're going to break down both those teams today and we're going to predict each and every game on their schedules and tell you whether they're going to win it, whether they're going to lose it, and who's making the playoffs. Guys, I'm not going to I'm not going to lie right now. We were all pretty off on both of these teams last year. Do you think we have a better grasp on them heading into this year? 
I think so because both teams have moved here. They're yes. in, they're they're in town. Everybody's kind of settled. And no we, new coaches. No, no new, new coaches. Yeah. Everybody's back. We've got quarterbacks. We've got running backs. Yes. Everybody both both of them have stellar defenses. They've yes. got they both have the the genetic makeup of success. And I think we we have seen enough of them, and we believe in enough of their good players and, and their and their upper management where we're not worried about any any curveballs and, and, and as such. Yeah. It's going to be a really good season for Los. Well, Angeles. I think we have to give us ourselves a little bit of a break here as well because I don't think anybody saw the kind of success that the Rams had coming last year. And the Rams they, they, didn't they were, even. It was, the Rams didn't even see it. There were very few people. I think there were aspirations. People knew what Sean McVay was capable of and the kind of talent that Jared Goff is and has, and they showed it last year. Maybe there were some good folks who had foresight out there. Kudos to you. I think it'll be a little bit easier for us this year, um, just based on the fact that we know that it's... It, I, think, I think it's pretty safe to say that the Rams are going to be solid. I think it's pretty safe to say that the Chargers are going to be solid in their division. And I'm so, excited. And so much so that when, when the, when the draft was over people were screaming and free agency was over people were screaming that it could be a los angeles chargers los angeles rams super Bowl. no chance no chance that's what, fun but, but people that's how excited people are okay. so if it were to happen we'd be the happiest happiest podcast yes, we in would. the world yes we would we do a live podcast from the super we'd Bowl. have to okay so let's break it down first we're not going to break down free agency stuff we did a podcast for free agency about who over came and in. done uh, the ballerina did his big board of draft picks uh, when we get to the teams brian will give his favorite draftee from these two teams, but basically we're going to be here for one thing and one thing only. People want to know what's the record going to be, how are they going to do, what games are they going to win, what games are they going to lose, and that's why you come into this podcast. The three most trusted minds in California when it comes to football are going to tell you each and every game and who's going to win, who's going to lose. So, gentlemen, would you rather start with the Chargers or would you rather start with the Rams? You tell me. Let's start with the, the Chargers, I, I like think. I, let's let's go that direction. I, like I feel like we sometimes uh, uh, lean a little bit Rams-heavy. Well, the winners, the winners control this city. This is true. This is true. You have to win to be relevant That's here. That's true. That's true. So after this break, let's break down the 2018 Los Angeles Chargers. Bolton, baby. Left Coasters. All right, gentlemen, the Los Angeles Chargers, captained, I mean, I guess he's the captain, but quarterbacked by Phil Rivers. He is the he is the talisman he's of the this team. He's the team leader. You only go as far as old gunslinger Undisputed. can take you. Anthony Lynn is your coach. You got Melvin Gordon running the ball. You got Gus Bradley as your defensive coordinator, I think, still. And <laughs> this team was very close, a, a kicker, a field goal kicker away from making the playoffs last season. So now you're looking at playoff time for the Chargers. That's what their goal is. It's what every team team's goal is, but this team feels like they can make it. They were a stone's throw away last year. Dangles, Brian, do you think this team has what it takes to compete in the AFC? God, I I hope so. Yeah, I think they not only have what it takes, I think they may win the division this year. I think oh, wow. it's entirely possible that they will they will win the division. It, it's either going to be the Los Angeles Chargers or the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that's that much is clear. I, I don't see the Raiders or the Broncos being able to sort of crack that uh, that surface. But the Chargers are very strong at a lot of different positions, yes. and if they can if they can stop the run a little bit more this year. They gave up a league worst 4.9 yards per carry last year. That's going to hurt. That's that's not good. But fortunately, they have filled a few gaps in the middle of that defense with yep. some uh with some early round draft picks. I think they are going to be contending for uh, a potential if they don't win the division, they they might get, they'll get a wild card spot. But I think you can win that division with a 10 and 6 record potentially. Wow. Wow. I, I also think that they're going to be in the position, the driver's seat in this division because of teams like the Chiefs who are, there's turnover at the quarterback position yeah. or the Denver Broncos 
Broncos, who may not be as prolific as they used to be, um, and, and, and the run game, and, and the run game exactly, and 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 then also too with with the Oakland Raiders having their their kind of bumps and bruises last year, but obviously having John Gruden. But I think I think they have all the pieces in the right places to win games consistently, as opposed to these shootouts every year and then then losing by three points. Yeah, you know. So I think they they've got a lot of good pieces in their favor, and they've got the two best defensive ends uh, combo in the. I don't it, think there's a scarier edge rushing pair in the NFL. I, I mean, too. statistically, one of the best. Maybe depending on how he turns out, Bradley Chubb and Von Miller could be could be I, contending. I, but Melvin Ingram and Joey right Bosa now, are just the two scariest edge rushers in the NFL. And let's right now. The, and let's throw this out there too. It's it's the it's the healthiest they've ever been. I think you're spot on with the pass rush. I think that's the best thing this team does. I think oh, yeah. you are in such trouble if you have a third and long against this team because they have great defensive backs as well. Their pass defense in particular and the pass rush specialists they have might be the best in the league on that side of the ball. I think they're very, very talented. I think that's where they have an advantage on the field. Now for a disadvantage, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not in love. Again, there were a lot of injuries last year, but this offensive line still causes some problems for me. I know big old Forrest Lamp is coming back. He didn't play. He, we were excited for that name to be on the field on Sundays. Now he's back for realsies. And you said it yourself, This this Melvin Gordon can play. Melvin Gordon is a he baller. He says he feels better than he has in years. And, and Phil Rivers can sling it as well, but if he ain't exactly mobile. So if they can give him the pocket and protect him and get a little bit advance on the ball, I think the Chargers have a chance. I think with Mike Pouncey at center is going to be a huge, that's huge a big move yeah. for them. Absolutely. I think that's going to give give just that little extra oomph and that leadership on the offensive line that needed some, some, some veteran love. For sure. Absolutely, and it's not to knock them completely. The Chargers, the Chargers' offensive line did allow the fewest sacks in the NFL last year, just 18. So that's that's pretty impressive. And to add a guy like Mike Pouncey, who I believe is a Pro Bowler or former Pro Bowler, and um, you know Forrest Lamp, the offensive line, if they stay healthy, that's the big caveat for me. Yeah, uh, is 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 you know the other thing I think they they are going to still struggle with uh, is kicking. Honestly, because from what I'm, eh, 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 you laugh. They would have been a playoff team. Yes, I firmly yeah, believe if they yeah. hadn't hadn't lost those uh, for three out of those first four games because of not having a kicker. From what I'm reading, uh, camp has not been going great for Caleb Sturgis and Roberto Aguirre. <laughs> Neither of them have distanced themselves. You Seriously, don't say. I, well, yeah, well, it's okay. head scratching. Well, so maybe uh, look, my money's on Caleb Sturgis. I read a tweet earlier today. He went seven for seven in practice today with his long of 53. Aguirre, I think, was four of seven, and he missed like a 30, go. a 40 plus, and a 50. Plus, so gotta go. and we know he's capable That's of getting so the yips. Sad. So I mean, look, they need to have solid kicking, otherwise they're not. And and because that helps them close the deal, and that's what they couldn't do in a lot of games last year was closing the fourth. Quarter. And I'm really excited about this wide receiver core. I think it's a sexy wide receiver core. If they, so much deep if threats. they if they hit their potential, and Mike Williams comes this year, and nobody's expecting Mike Williams because we all just forgot about him yep. last year after his injuries. Yep. Uh, I think he's going to be the guy who could be a Juju Juju Smith Schuster kind of feel. He's to dynamic. Him. You're not yeah. going to see him some come out of nowhere. So hopefully that that alleviates some of the uh, the coverages and 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 makes Philip Rivers' job a little I bit mean, easier. I mean, the man Phil can sling it still. He still can get it as far in the field as you need him to, and he ain't afraid to throw it either. Keenan Allen played great last. Last year, Ter- uh, uh, Terrell Williams, Mike Williams, like they got people that you can get attacked. By. And with Hunter out of the out of the lineup for the rest of the year, it'll be interesting to see if they can get Virgil Green to to, to mimic yeah. his production. Uh, yeah. They're missing Jason Verrett too from that secondary. He That's tore sad. his ACL and is out That's for the season, story. which is a huge bummer because that I mean he he obviously he leaves a huge hole. But nobody's crying. Like you gotta you gotta put the next man up and and win some games. So let's speaking of winning some games, let's make a couple predictions here. We're going to go quarter by quarter. The season is 16 games, and every quarter of the season is meaningful. You get halfway through, you have a real uh, uh, view of where you are in the season. So we're going to go quarter by quarter right now, take it in stages. I'm going to go to Dangles first, my man. 
the Chargers' first four games. And it's a doozy. The first four, it's no cupcake start for the uh, for the Los Angeles Chargers. They open up at home, thankfully, against the Kansas City Chiefs, now captained by Patrick Mahomes out of nowhere. Uh, and then next Sunday on week two, they go to the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. Then they host, or I guess they, I don't know if they host, I guess technically the Los Angeles Rams are the host, but they play the Rams in Los Angeles on 23rd of September, and then they close out with a home game against Pretty Jimmy and the 49ers. That's four tough games to start off, and a trip to Buffalo, three home, or two home games and one also in L.A., What's their record after four games, Dangle? It's two and two. I think they win their first two and they lose their second two. I think you think they, they beat the Chiefs at I home? I think they come out strong at home on opening night. They take advantage of a young quarterback who's maybe a little bit starstruck still by the the, the spotlight being on there on opening day, uh, you know, at, in, in front of a hostile away crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Phillip Rivers is going to be cool as a cucumber and that receiving core is going to show the kind of athleticism that it has. Uh, and I think they're probably going to struggle with the edge rush as well. I think, uh, I think they beat the Chiefs. I think they go to Buffalo and squeak out a win uh, at uh, at New Era Field, uh, but I think the Rams beat them, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo uh, and uh, and the 49ers are just a little bit too much for them. So two and two in the first quarter. I think the 49ers are for real and Dangles. I think they need to go two and two if they have hopes of making the playoffs. One and three is definitely a possibility here, and that would really set you off on the wrong foot. Uh, Braga, you sort of in the same vein here. I I agree with everything he said. I think yeah. they, they they do everything uh, they can to beat teams like Kansas City. They stay, they they get they get pumped for teams in their division. I think it's a yep. good it's a good thing that it's week one. They got a really good good start to the season there. All right, bright guy. So right now we have the Chargers at two and two heading into week five. Week five through nine, you have uh the Raiders at the Browns, host the Titans at the Seahawks. What do you got out of those four games, buddy? I'm gonna go three and one. Really? I think they're gonna go three and one. I think they're gonna be they're gonna lose to the Oakland Raiders. I think the Oakland Raiders I think Oakland, yeah. I yes. think Oakland Raiders looked really good against my Detroit Lions. Uh next week the Cleveland Browns, I think they're gonna they're gonna do do well against Cleveland. Yep. I think Cleveland's going to be an improved team, but I, I still think the Chargers are, are head and shoulders a, a more complete team. Yep. I think they're going to beat Tennessee. This is a this would have been a, a, a 50-50 ball for me. I think the Chargers are a better team, but I think it goes uh, to so, them because of the because of the because of the home field advantage. Out of these four games, are you have them losing to the Seahawks? No, I have them winning against the Seahawks. They lose against Oakland. The three and one. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, so three and one against and the one. Raiders. And I think I think yeah. what gives them the advantage against Seattle. Is their 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 bye week before? You, yeah, they're gonna they're yes. gonna be able to get healthy. They're gonna be able to 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 game plan against a pretty good Seattle team. But Seattle is not looking like the Seattle of past. So let's 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 not let's not confuse that with, with the right. last couple of years. I think the Chargers are a better team. No, I think I think you're on to something there. I think uh, this is a stretch where if you want to attack a certain stretch of the season, these these four weeks is middle four. It's a good this, chunk. Yeah, you could easily rope off four wins. I have them going. I have them going four and zero oh in my in four my schedule prediction oh. in this in this uh, in this stretch of the season. I think it's really hard to go Dangles four and zero. Oh. Likes October. It will be. It will be hard. Well, but the this, the schedule does not get any easier for them as it goes on. They're going to no. need to if they want to make the playoffs. They're going to need to have a, a you know a, a loss that they can that they can lean on. Not that you should, but they. they they're going to lose in the end of the season. They're going to need to be well, able to let, lean on that. Let's take the next four right now. Uh, from Dangles and Brian, we have two and two and three and one. So that's a five and three record halfway through the season. Not bad. Not great. Could be but better. Not bad. Yeah. All right. So then you head into week ten, which is our ninth game. You are on eleven uh, eleven. You're going to Oakland. Then you host the Broncos in week eleven. Week twelve, you host the Cardinals. Week uh, thirteen, you are at Pittsburgh. Dangles. I've got them two and two in this stretch as well. Yes, I've got I them losing to Oakland in Oakland, uh, beating Denver, beating Arizona, and then they lose at Pittsburgh. Yeah, 
I I I feel you there. That's I, a safe bet. Arizona, I, Arizona. I could flip a coin on because I think the Cardinals could really be good this year if David Johnson stays healthy. Their wide receiving core gets a big boost from Christian Kirk and their defense. Chandler Jones broke a sled this year. He hit it so hard in training scary camp. Man. They are not fucking around. Syracuse University man. graduate Chandler Jones and Patrick and, and P, uh, Patrick Peterson is still Patrick Peterson. It, it, absolutely right. And uh, so I, yeah, I think they're going to be a powerful team. That could be a coin flip. But I'm going to give the Chargers the benefit of the doubt, and then they go to Pittsburgh, and that's going to be a tough win for them in front of the Pittsburgh crowd. I will say one thing about the two Raiders games that we just predicted. I don't think you go, you get swept by the Raiders. I understand the Raiders have John Gruden. I understand the Raiders, Derek Carr of off year. Everyone's going to be coming back for the Raiders, but these two teams, divisional rivals, they always play each other. They always know each other. There's no way they don't split this this series against the Raiders. They could, and I and I think you could argue that they might have one more win and one less loss. Yeah, and and we'll talk about that at the end, maybe. Okay, so now we go five and three. Add another two and two on there. You are seven and five heading into the final stretch seven and five heading to the final stretch the good news is guys this final stretch is cupcakes yes cupcakes okay you have uh, on 12 9 december 9th week uh 14 you are hosting the cincinnati bengals then their only thursday night game of the year is in week 15 they're at the kansas city chiefs quick turnaround there you get a week off before week 16 hosting of the baltimore ravens and then you finish the season at denver uh, that Chiefs game on Thursday is going to be tough. I'm going to say right now, uh, worst case scenario, you go 3-1. and one, But I don't think the Chiefs are as good as they were last year. I think you can win that game. Both teams are going to have a short week heading into that Thursday night game. If the Chargers are rolling, they could end the season with a four straight win. I'm going to be conservative and say 3-1. and one. Okay. I, think there, I think there's a really good chance that they don't pull a, a win against one of these teams, Kansas City, Baltimore, or Denver. I think Baltimore is going to be better than people think. They're a little on the... I disagree completely. I, I, we'll I, get to the Mariner sure. kill divisions for that one. But I don't I don't think that Baltimore is a, an easy win. Mm-hmm. I think it's, a, it's, it's going to be a, a tough game at the end of the season, and Baltimore is always on us at the end of the season and I think with Denver or Kansas City still possibly being in consideration for a wild card potentially mm-hmm. at that point is going to make things interesting. I, I, it's going to be hard to go and sweep all those teams. I have to say, this was a rather pessimistic take on these games. It was no, we weren't trying to be a homer here and pick winners, and we still ended up at 10 and 6. Yeah. Well, still ended up but at But like 10 I and said six. at the beginning of the show, I think that's enough to get you at least a wild card, if not potentially For win sure. that division. Um, I mean, you know, that maybe that's a little bit more of a stretch. I had them going 2 and 2 uh, over the course of this stretch in my, in my prediction. Um, Losing to uh, Kansas City and that last Denver game, I think, is going to be tough because it's in late December. It's going to be cold. They're not used sure, to those sure. kind of conditions. I think yeah. it's going to be tough for them to play in December. At Denver the very, might be uh, dead in the, the water the at that point. It's it's true, but still, I think the conditions are going to be are going to be tough for them. And playing at Mile High is never easy. And let's not forget, just get into the playoffs. You know, like yeah. if you, if it gets you into the playoff, it, it gets you into the playoffs. Do what Jacksonville da- did last year and just play your fucking ass off once you get there. No, you know, get, get yourself through with Philip Rivers. You got a chance with Melvin Gordon. You got a chance with Joey Bosa. You got a chance. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you there. I like it. I think ten and six is a solid prediction for this Los Angeles Charger team. And hey, I think they'd take it. Ten and six gets ten and six. My, I, I think yeah. ten and six could win you the division. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. There, there's there's a lot of question marks with these with these other teams. Each one has a kind of what is sort of gonna you know happen. A couple at quarterback position, a couple on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think there's any sure things in the AFC West this yeah. year. No, I think you're right. I think the one thing that's going to scare a lot of Chargers fans is the backup quarterback position. That'll be interesting. The, you don't you don't have any faith in Cardell Jones and Geno Smith? I think that's going to be scary. We saw that in the last preseason. Either way, it's not good. I, I I'm willing. 
willing to bet that Geno Smith makes the team over Cardale Jones. Yes. Um, and that's just not a good. Uh, if Philip Rivers goes down, like that's a you know that's that's a real that's a real issue. But the Rams, who we're going to move on to next, have a similar issue. You know, they don't absolutely really have, they don't true. They aren't giving Sean Mannion a lot of reps. It seems like in practice. So, so. before we move on to the Rams, you mentioned earlier about Hunter Henry's uh, unfortunate injury. Antonio Gates still remains unsigned. He yeah. also still remains unretired. He still is technically a free agent wanting to play football this season. He knows the offense. He knows the players. He knows the uniform. They probably haven't even taken the 85 off of that old jersey yet. Uh, do you see Antonio Gates coming in through the through the hall one last time? Not unless there's an injury. I'd like to, like in my in my football fan heart, I would like to because he's an awesome, he was an awesome player and he's a good guy from what I understand. Mm-hmm. But um, and it, I mean, gosh, you look at their tight ends. I think the, their top guy is Virgil Green. That's right what now. I'm saying. Yeah, like, that's not good. Um, he, he was like a third string tight end in Denver when he played there. So I I don't know. I, I think if, if push comes to shove, I mean, Philip Rivers has got to have a security blanket. You know, he he just does. I don't know if Virgil Green is going to be a guy you can go to. I, I mean, I un- I understand letting Antonio Gates sort of walk off when you had the young kid ready to take the throne, but if the young kid can't play this season, why not? Hey, Antonio, one more year. The other two tight ends on the roster right now don't have a catch in the NFL. So So, there you go. That's it for the Los Angeles Chargers. Again, we will talk about them when we do the divisional Mary Fuck Kill, but we have the left coaster's stamp of approval on a 10-6 2018 Los Angeles Chargers season that sees them into the playoffs. So put it in the books. Put it in the books. Up next, the Los Angeles Rams. Ram it. And now we are back with the Left Coasters podcast. Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini, myself, Tony Cavallo, ready to break down the 2018 Los Angeles Rams. This team shocked the world last year. Just everything was on fire. They were so good in so many facets of the game, especially on offense with Sean McVay, the new sexiest head coach in the in, in the National Football League. Jared Goff turned out to be a quarterback. Todd Gurley's the best running back in the league. Sammy Watkins could make plays. This team, everyone did well. Everyone did well. Now, there is no one to surprise. Now, everyone expects you to bring your A game. We saw in the playoffs that when a team expects you to be good and they play up to snuff being good and they aren't surprised by you guys, it's kind of tough to beat the other good teams. Now, we see that the experts have named this schedule that they have the fifth hardest in the NFL coming up this season. So, there'll be no cupcakes in this one. Gentlemen, these Rams, what do they need to do to return to the promised land and make the playoffs again? They're on the top of the mountain. Stay there. You know what stay I mean? There. Like, just stay there. I mean, this is what makes great teams, you know, the the dynasties that they are. Every year they, 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 they land on the mountain. And I think it starts with Todd Gurley mm-hmm. and Jared Goff. You mm-hmm. know, I, the, that offensive line is going to be really important, but I think it's Jared Goff being efficient. Um, there's word on the street that uh, throughout the camp that they've had uh, uh, television screens uh, operating throughout and they've play checks in real time. So they'll replay as as the play is happening, and and it's been very useful for Jared Goff because he's picking up things faster. Because now it's a matter of him going quicker with everything, mm-hmm. making the right decision. Because you now have Brandon Cooks. Oh yeah. You now have a a second year veteran in Cooper Cup. Yep. The man himself, and so you've got a lot of pieces. You cannot. Let's you not can, forget Robert Woods, who and, was a breakout star right? last year. You have so many weapons. You've got to know now 
who to dump it off to in every single play. Mm-hmm. You you because every single play is is catered to one of these guys breaking it for a touchdown. Not not a, just a first down, a touchdown every play. Absolutely. That's that's how powered this offense can be. So I think it's going to be on Jared Goff to diagnose every single play. And I think he's ready. I think he's gonna. It's just going to be a matter of how quickly he can do it. And I think it's going to start and stop with him because we know the defense is going to show up. It's going to be about scoring points in those tough games. The defense is certainly going to show up. There are so many playmakers on this team, and they added so many more in free agency. Granted, I've talked about how I don't think they're all going to mesh well, but hey, if you're winning, everyone's happy. These This team can punch in the mouth on defense, and I'm excited for it. Dangles. I think it's going to be difficult for other teams to pass the ball on them. Between yeah. between the pass rush of Ndamukong Sue, Aaron Donald, uh, and Michael Brockers in the, in the front three spots, um, you're not going to have a lot of time before Aaron Donald just rips through the offensive line and punctures the gut of the pocket. And then, of course, in the secondary, Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters on either side of the field. Unbelievably you know, it's just a really, I mean, I can't decide which which unit, the defensive line or the defensive backs, are the best the best unit on the team. They're both they're both right up there. It's going to be really hard for people, and I think that's one of the things they're going to do best, and maybe better than anyone in the NFL, all besides the Jaguars, is defending the pass this year in both the rush facet and the secondary coverage. So you brought up that you don't know which one's better. I can tell you which one's the worst, and it scares me the most: those middle linebackers and the linebacking core in general. I'm worried about the Huge. linebackers when it comes to the Rams because you got again you got playmakers on the D line, got playmakers in the backfield, but those linebackers are made to tackle. That's what they're there for. They're made to lead your team in tackles and make tackles. Mark Barron can play, but he's not built to be a linebacker. We let Alec Ogletree go in a trade. Who fills that void? Who steps up to the plate and says, hey, this is my team. I'm making the tackle every first and second down. I don't know if they have the guy. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a big ask because besides Mark Barron, the other guys on that on that linebacking core are pretty much they're not household names. Sanson Ibukam, who had a little bit of playing time last year, showed some flashes. He mm-hmm. had a few sacks, and he can, if he can if he can penetrate and put pressure on the quarterbacks, um, I think he'll be I think he'll be successful. Um, and then you've got Corey Littleton, who used to be a special teamer, and is now going to be filling that inside linebacker position that Alec Ogletree uh, had. He's going to be expected to be as productive a tackler, if not more so than. That's- than Tree was, and that is scary. It is scary, but I think that that says a lot about how much faith they have in the defensive line. They've got such a deep defensive line. I think they're gonna they're gonna count on this defensive line to help carry the the, the and shoulder the load uh, of that lack of experience in the middle mm-hmm. uh, and force plays outside to these stronger safeties and outside linebackers and even and even the uh, the DBs. But what's funny is Robert Woods was quoted as saying uh, a couple days ago uh, that the hardest thing about playing these these corners is they do not make a mistake twice mm. so once they make once they make a mistake they adjust really quickly and i and i hope that i hope that's the same for this middle linebacking core because they're going to get tested every single week i like having a keep to and marcus peters together though because those guys are both so competitive that they're going to want to be the number one cornerback and they're going to be competing against each other yes they're on the same team but even in practice reps they're going to be like i'm going to shut my guy down no i'm going to shut my guy down you know what i mean they're going to have that dueling thing and that's going to only make them both better so you're saying about the one mistake at a time like they're going to learn from each other's mistakes too and hopefully there's no dissent dissenting once once things start getting tough and they start playing some of these teams we'll talk about in a second hopefully hopefully they uh they keep their cool and they and they don't direct their anger at each other now what about the fresh blood coming into this team brian we didn't get to talk about the Chargers draft picks but we'll talk about them in a second the one draft pick for the rams that you saw they didn't have many picks they didn't have many draft picks at all but what's the one pick from the rams in those later rounds that you think is going to sort of shine and make an impact on what is a star-studded team now it's crazy to think the Rams are now a star-studded team, but they are. They have names everywhere. I think it's going to be their fifth-round selection, uh, the edge rusher Ogbonia Okoron- 
quo. Well, let me let me say that one again. Good bless you. Agbonia Acaron Quo. He is a edge rusher out of Oklahoma. Uh, for by all intents and purposes, he was a steal in the in the fifth round. Gotcha. Um, he's a little undersized, but he is a ru- edge specialist. He ranks he ranked sixth last year inside pressure um, uh, in the NCAA and twenty uh, third in run stop rate. I mean, he is a he is a, a specialist at running the edge. They're simply going to ask him to be on the edge and just. And do blitz one thing. and every yeah, time do one thing and, and go that, get the quarterback exactly and you got to remember like that is one of the hardest that was one of the hardest hit positions in free agency this year yeah. for the Rams they don't yeah. have a lot of their rush, rushers from last yeah. year so uh, it's going to be really important to get this kid up to speed now he's been hurt through most of camp so he's not going to be uh, probably seen throughout most of preseason but once things get rolling this kid's going to be asked to be that run specialist on those downs and he's going to be asked to like we talked about earlier there's they're not going to run the middle. They're just not. Teams aren't going to run up the it's gut. Gonna be, yeah, it's going to be tough. Too. It's going to be off the edge, and this kid's going to be asked to, to cover those edges uh, and, and and play in space. I'll tell you one thing. He needs a nickname. We'll we'll find out a nickname for him coming in this season. But the man needs a nickname. And he was the second best of any re- uh, uh, edge player um, on one on ones uh, in in the NCAA last year and at the Senior Bowl and the uh, Combine. Say his actual name again. Uh, it is Agbonia Akronquo. All right, I'll think of something. Left Coast, if you have any nickname for this uh, well, lovely draft pick, please send him in to. The Left Coast's podcast at gmail.com. Dangles, my friend, what is this team do you think is? Uh, we've talked about the strengths, we talked a little about the weakness, but in your eyes, what do you think this team is going to struggle with for this whole season? What's the one thing that's going to stick out to you? You know, I think it could very well be uh, the offensive line if they don't stay healthy. You've got, uh, you've, you've got, they're definitely old. They're, well, that's that's just the thing. John Sullivan and Andrew Whitworth are both north of 30. Uh, and and the real thing that's scared now, they did add some talent to their offensive line. They took Joseph Noteboom out of TCU, mm-hmm. um, who they're working on, but the drop off in the skill level between the guys who start that that starting front five and the backups is very steep and that concerns me a little bit because if one guy goes down and you you know you you're, gotta reshuffle. You, you have yeah. to reshuffle the whole line you know because maybe one guy can't play you know you can't snap the ball you can't have a guy who doesn't know how to snap the ball under center yeah, yeah. so i think if they don't stay healthy then they're going to run into trouble. And, and the other thing is, the, I mean, the linebackers is the only other really big, glaring weakness that I uh, that I could see uh, on that team this year. So, yeah, I think it's the offensive line, if anything at all. I think it's time to figure out whether this team, A, makes the playoffs, B, wins the division, and C, do we think they're strong enough to contend for a Super Bowl this season? Let's jump in to this schedule. It's not it's not an easy one, fellas. Let me, let me jump right har- off. Fifth hardest, to be specific. Let me jump right off. Okay. Diggity dangles. Let's start with you, buddy. Again, we're going to break these down into quarters. The first quarter of the season sees two primetime games for the Los Angeles Rams. They begin the year on Monday night football against John Gruden, opening at home for the Oakland Raiders in his return to coaching. Not a great first start. Not a great first game to open up against John Gruden's Raiders. Then they host their home opener in Week 2 against the Arizona Cardinals. Then again, we have Week 3, the battle for L.A. They host the Los Angeles Chargers and a quick turnaround on a Thursday night game to host the Minnesota Vikings. So again, four weeks, four games, three of them being home, but each one of them, you slip up, you lose. Dangles. What's their record after the first four games? Three and one. They, three and one. They win the first three games of the season, and then they go to Minnesota, and they lose the fourth game of the season, I think, mm. to, I agree. to the Minnesota mm. Vikings. I agree. 
I, that's that's a tough one to lose for the Vikings because usually in those Thursday night games, the home team has the advantage on the quick turnarounds. You don't think that that trips up the Vikings at all? You think the Vikings are that good? Yeah, I, th- I think they'll slip up. I think Minnesota is a very, very good football team that conti- or, or is going to continue to be a very, very good football team. I think Kirk Cousins only makes them better. they got to slip up eventually. They're going to be 3-0. and I think they lose this one. Out of the teams that they play, I think it's most likely that they slip against Minnesota. I agree. I also think the Vikings are a team that is going to be the probably I personally think the toughest game this year for them because mm. I think the Vikings are such a from top to bottom one of the most complete teams they've got depth they've got talent and you know what they have the defense to stop their offense yeah the yes that's it's going to be a talk about we usually say the Thursday night games are a crappy schedule that is a a plus Thursday night <laughs> game uh, I, I I do also agree they're going to go three and one but I think they're beating the Vikings I think they lose that first game to the Raiders just because those are the storybook ending type games those are the ones where John Gruden's returning first home game in Oakland Monday night football he used to call Monday night football John Gruden's going to win that game somehow. Some way, somehow, he's winning that game. I still think they're 3-1, and one, though. Brian, next four games, it doesn't get any easier. You go to divisional rival Seattle Seahawks, who they want nothing more than to beat the fuck out of Los Angeles Rams. That's week five. Week six, you're going to the Denver Broncos. Week seven, you're going to the San Francisco 49ers. And then week eight, you're hosting my wow. Green Bay Packers. Four games, four tough opponents. What's their record after those four? Three and one. Uh, th- wow, that's that's faith in your in your Rams. That is faith I almost in gave your Rams. Four and zero. I almost gave them four and zero. I think it's going to be very tough for them to go back to back to back away games and and pull. I think they beat the Green Bay Packers. I think they beat the Broncos. I think they lose to either the 49ers or the Seahawks mm. because I think the Seahawks are a tough team. They're not a complete team. I think the Rams are a, a, a superior talent, but there's something about Russell Wilson, uh, upset, mm-hmm. prepared, mm-hmm. ready to go. I'm sure he's got this circled on his calendar. And then with Jimmy Garoppolo, there's an X factor there. I'm not on the Jimmy Garoppolo bandwagon like a lot of other people are, I am. but but you have to take into consideration that's a much better team. And, and the 49ers beat a lot of good teams last year near the, near the end of the season. I, I think the, the the Jimmy Garoppolo 49ers are going to be a tough match in, in, in San Francisco. This is the toughest stretch of their season because all of these three road opponents, uh, the 49ers I think are going to be very good this year, and then Seattle and Denver are both very difficult places to play no matter how good the teams are. And then, of course, the fourth game is you're hosting Aaron Rodgers, hopefully Aaron Rodgers, and the Green Bay Packers. That's a tough four stretch of games. I have them going two and two personally. I think they lose to Jimmy G in Jimmy G's hometown in the third straight road game. And I think Aaron Rodgers comes here and beats the Rams. If I could bet the over now for that Rams Packers games, <laughs> I would. That game's going to be amazing. I, I don't Amazing. think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna be a, a light em up game. No. I, I, I think the Green Bay Packers have some real serious question marks on their defense. Some serious That's what question I'm saying. marks. It's gonna be fifty to fifty. But I don't think it, no, but I don't think it's gonna be at that close of a game. I think yeah. the Rams are gonna come up and, and, beat and, the, and beat, beat the up. crap. I think it's gonna be you know, the twenty eight, twenty eight, seven. So then let's call we got three and one in the first four, we got three and one in the second four. They are six and two heading into the halfway point. Guys, I haven't set a bye week yet because they don't have one yet. Their bye week is all the way in week twelve. Week 12 for the bye week. Wow. That is a long time to wait. So let's jump right in. Back to Diggity Dangles. Week uh, 9, my friend. It's November 4th. Oof. They're going to the Oof. New Orleans Saints. 
Then week uh, uh, 10, they host the Seattle Seahawks. Then on a Monday night football game, they host the Kansas City Chiefs, a bye week. And then the uh, 12th game of their season is in Detroit for the Detroit Lions on December 2nd. So again, at New Orleans, host Seattle, host Kansas City, bye week at Detroit. Dangles, what's their win record over those four games? Two and two. They uh, lose. Whoa. They lose in New Orleans. Uh, then they go to. Uh, they host Seattle and they beat Seattle. They lose to Kansas City at home and then they beat Detroit in Detroit. You're saying Pat Mahomes comes to the Coliseum and beats the Rams? That's bold. I think so. Wow. I think so. He'll be settled in by that point in the game. I, I the the first. I, you know, I think the 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 shine will be have uh, worn off and he'll have had a few chances to get some snaps in. Mm-hmm. If this were game were earlier in the season, I might be more willing to jump on the he's not going to be ready for it yet. But I I think he's talented. I just think it's gonna you know there's gonna be a there's gonna be a learning gap for him uh so yeah two and two is is my prediction for that stretch i the only one i disagree with is the chiefs but i think everything else kind of makes sense to i me. have to say that middle of the road stretch i think it's week seven through nine at 49ers host green bay at new orleans that's that's, that's a tough. tough three game slate right it's very there tough. uh I, I i don't know about two and two man i think three and one i i think they lose to new orleans but i don't think the chiefs are going to come into la and beat them i don't think the seahawks are good and i really don't think the lions are good uh but we'll keep them at two and two to make this record now eight and four eight and four we have them so far heading into the final four you come out of this eight and four you're looking you're pretty happy absolutely this this record at the end is pretty easy in my opinion this record at the end is pretty easy easier uh so brian let's go to you the last four games of the season every one of them is a sunday game at chicago hosting the super bowl winning eagles uh at arizona and hosting jimmy g and the 49ers those last four games buddy what do you got? I'm going to go three and one. I think the the Bears is a is quite a, a an easy victory for them. Uh, I'm looking at the Eagles, Cardinals, and 49ers as kind of a toss up as to which game they could potentially lose. And I think it depends greatly on where they're sitting in their division uh, against the uh, the 49ers specifically. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that the 49ers, who are probably the second closest team in talent in mm-hmm. that division, uh, is their last game. Good, good job, NFL front office, um, in scheduling. Uh, but I, I think one of those teams gets the better of the uh, of the Rams. I think it's just so hard to go 4-0 in this league. I think um, I think Week 15, that Eagles game, is going to be for uh, home field advantage in the playoffs. I think so, too. And I think it, that if there is a 4-0 stretch, this is it. Because I think having the Eagles at home mm-hmm. is a huge, huge, huge advantage if you're considering the fact that the Eagles are going to be the, the the perennial uh, Super Bowl uh, uh, contender. I, I agree with you on the 49ers in Week 17. I think the Rams might have it all wrapped up by then, and the 49ers are and still they, fighting for a playoff. And spot. they might be having backups in. Yeah, I have them losing that game as well because I think Sean Mannion or someone else is going to be yes. starting that game, yes. and it's going to be second stringers. And, and, I, and, and I will lose a fantasy championship because I have Sean Mannion playing instead of Jared Goff. But I think that's a three and one stretch for them as well, which brings them to 11 and five. That's what I have them going this year, winning the NFC West again. Eleven that's healthy. five. That's a tough schedule, and if you go eleven and five with it, that's pretty pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. I don't think it's ambitious though. I don't think it's ambitious no. at all for this team. I think I think if they, I mean, look, I think there are some. I think last year was a bit of an anomaly in some ways to be able to score thirty points a game, and for Todd Gurley to do what he did, I just don't think that level of production. He's going to be great again this year, but. That level of production that he did last year, that's going to be tough to sustain on a year-over-year basis. And I, I think don't, he's still dominant this year, but, you know, yeah, I, I, I just don't see how you, how you can sustain that. I don't think it's ambitious to say 11-5, and five, um, but what happened last year was, was you know, a once-in-a-long-time sort of thing. And I don't want to jinx anybody, but it's really hard to stay healthy against a really 
tough s- schedule like that. Mm-hmm. And and they've got some older guys in Dominican Sue, Gib Talit. Those are those are not young, you know, dudes. And I think there's going to be really important that they stay healthy if they're going to even be uh, anywhere close to that uh, eleven. Dominican Sue cannot afford to get hurt this year because he's he's only on a one year deal. So he's not only he's trying out for thirty one other teams this season. Yeah. Uh, if he decides not to Which stay is in the Los best Angeles. position to have in Dominican in because in Dominican can take. Can take some plays. Hopefully off. that means he'll. Hopefully that means he'll be playing every single down because yeah, he has been known to take snaps off. That's the thing I'm worried about the 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 characters in this locker room. I said it with free agency. If they start losing a couple in a row and there starts to be dissent and all that stuff, Dominican steps got some on temp- somebody's you got face. Some tempers in there. Marcus Peters, Akib Talib, and Dominican Sue. These oh, are all yeah. guys. These are all guys who and things a young start coach, to snowball. You know, a what young mean? coach. You know, young coach being tested by some veterans that could, it, that could happen. It's not exactly a young coach who rules with an iron fist. He's more no. of a players' coach and lets the boys be boys. With Wade Phillips, who's a who's a, who's not who's exact, the ultimate yeah. like you know chew gum and have fun. <laughs> yeah. um, that that's tough. I, I I winning solves everything. So if this team becomes eleven and five and fights for the playoffs, they're going to be fine. But if they start to lose those games early and drops a simple one, like let's say to Oakland in Week One, and stuff starts to go off the uh, the bad foot early, trouble. Trouble. And it would be hard to it would be hard to see any major uh, injuries to somebody like Todd Gurley. Uh, and, and, oh, that sucks. Th- you know, um, that's yeah. a, that would be terrible. Well, you know, it'd help if Greg Zerline stays healthy as well. They do oh, have potentially man. this best special teams unit. We haven't talked at all about that yet in the NFL with Johnny Hecker, Greg Zerline. Don't underestimate the playmakers everywhere. Yeah. It's they really are. Uh, to, but to play the f- the best, the final three NFC teams from last season, to play Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, to play Pretty Jimmy twice, to play Oakland in their first game at home, to go to Seattle, those are seven to eight games that are tough to anybody. And to have them all in one year. This, I mean, yeah, you play Arizona Cardinals twice and get to beat up Josh Rosen, sure. But this schedule is tough. This is going to be, we predicted 11-5 and because we love this team, but that's... And the, a tough schedule. And the offensive line has got to stay healthy. It, they, everyone They've does. got to stay healthy because if you have anybody who's going to like keep Jared Goff or for, uh, Sean Mannion and, and God knows who else is on that depth chart at the running back position uh, off the field, it's it's the offensive line. Now, before we sign off, we wanted to keep this one short. We just wanted to touch on the Rams, touch on the Chargers. Again, we will be back next, uh, uh, not next week, we'll be back soon with our divisional Mary Fuck Kill segment where we break down everybody in the NFL. We'll be giving our week one picks. We'll be bringing back gravestones, all the fun stuff to get you ready for the season. But before we move on, I need to bring up one thing that is still not solved yet as of recording. And it's something that hasn't been solved since we started recording this podcast to begin with. And that is the contract situation of Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in the NFL. Unbelievable. Best defensive player in the NFL. He's been voted so by his peers, coaches, media, all the above. You name a player, he's uh, you name a group of people, they have voted Aaron Donald as the best player in the NFL on his side of the football. He is still not under contract with the Los Angeles Rams. They have, in the offseason, not cried poor either because they made Todd Gurley the highest-paid running back in the NFL, deservedly so, and they also gave Brandon Cooks, a man who has never played a snap for them, the fifth-highest-paid wide receiver in the NFL. Again, hasn't played a snap for them. So, Aaron Donald, you drafted him, you nurtured him, you made him your star. He's on billboards. He's in promotional tools. He has won you awards. He has sacked the quarterback every single time he stepped on the field. He's amazing. My question to you gentlemen is, 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 is there's no question to say should they sign him. The answer is obviously yes. My question is will they? At this time next year, where will Aaron Donald be? They better. 
He'll be a Los Angeles Ram. They better sign him. I, I mean, I, 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 what from what I what from what I at least from what I've read, they they're they're pretty far apart on where they want to be. I think I read one tweet saying that you know uh, they weren't even in the same zip code. Mm-hmm. Uh, from I think that was Kevin Demoff yeah. uh, talking about that 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 they're just on completely opposite sides. At, you know, at somewhat of an impasse. I think a lot of the I think the media does build up a lot of drama over this, um, just because he's such a high profile player, and because everyone's scratching their head wondering why the hell doesn't this man have a contract? Everyone else on his team who's worth a damn has one, uh, and anyone else would be. You know, there are other teams who are probably chomping at the bit now to get their hands mm-hmm. on Aaron Donald. But I, th- I think they will work something out over the course of the season. I, I don't think Aaron Donald wants to go play anywhere else. I think he likes being a Los Angeles Ram. I hope that this experience doesn't sour him on it. That's my only concern. I, I couldn't see how it wouldn't. Because if you're sitting there and you see all these other guys get paid, some of them on your team, I could see Todd Gurley getting paid and be like, yeah, makes sense. I see Brandon Cooks getting paid and that would flip me I, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Granted, Brandon Cooks, great player. We love Brandon Cooks. You loved him in New England. He was on my fantasy team. I'm a big fan of Brandon Cooks. He just joined the team, and he's getting paid boatloads and boatloads of money at a wide receiver position where you have two other serviceable wide receivers. You have a team full of playmakers. You didn't need to sign another one for that big of money. He was already under contract. Like He didn't even need to make the signing now. Yet me, Aaron Donald, I am your star. I am your man. How am I not under contract for a long? How am I not signed till I retire? Just sign me for in perpetuity. I'm yours forever. How has this not happened? Usually, I make any you know, sense. Usually, I can come up with a, with a reason uh, for for these kind of things. This is honestly one issue that I'm completely baffled on. And the only explanation I can think of is that they are just so far apart on what he thinks he should be paid versus what the Rams think. He and should I will be paid. say, I don't think the media is blowing it out of proportion because he's not at practice. No, but I he's mean, not there. But it, but because he's not there, that's a story. Yeah, absolutely. And and when it when that becomes a story, it, it all just comes back to this question that we're talking about right now. Why doesn't he have a contract? His absence, in and of itself, is a story. Would mm. he be there? Would he be there if he were on contract? Oh, one hundred percent. It's that, mandatory. You got to be there. He's making a statement by not being there, and it's being heard. My uh, so again, Dangles, you think he's going to be on a, uh, the Rams team I next do. year? Do you think that's under a new contract or a franchise tag? They're not going to franchise tag him. I think they just. I think they give him a big deal. He's gonna. He's probably going to be the. They're going to make him the highest paid player. I don't think they have any choice except to make him the highest paid player in the NFL. 100% that is agree. the only way that you handle agree. this situation. Uh, uh, I don't know if they do it, but 100 percent agree. That's what they. That's what needs to happen. Brian, again, a year from now, is Aaron Donald a Los Angeles Ram? Yes, but I do not know if it's going to be with this brand new contract uh, Dangle speaks of because of one little fun little wrinkle in this. Uh, uh, language that he had in his contract because Aaron Donald did not report to the team by Tuesday's deadline uh, at the beginning uh, to receive credit for an accrued season meaning he will not be an unrestricted free agent if he plays out this season without a new deal he will be a restricted free agent next year allowing the Rams to match any new deal with any other team so what's going to happen is there's going to be a bidding war, but most teams aren't going to be able to afford what his new deal would potentially be. The Rams are just going to cover it no matter what. So if it, if it's better or worse, then then the franchise tag we'll see. But it, it'll this be is as if, if they don't make a deal with him before the end of the correct. season, right? I think that. Well, then I think they make the deal before the end. Of the, they know they must know that. Then they have to make but the deal let's before say the end he, of the season. Shit out of luck if they don't. Yeah. Yeah. But no. But somebody's going to make them a great him a deal, whatever it's going to be, great or or not great. Somebody's going to give him twenty plus million dollars, make sure. him the big. 
biggest defensive player in the world. They'll even they'll make a decision whether or not his play, his behavior, whatever warrants that amount of money. Uh, and and I think they're going to get whatever they want, no matter what. It just depends on whether they want to do the deal now and 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 gamble whether or not they're going to be paying less than now, than what they would be at the end of the season. Now I only brought this up not because it's a talking point, but because it brings you back to my greater point about this team. Uh, out of all the personalities in that locker room, a lot of them are new. A lot of them are people walking into this locker room not knowing the people around them. Aaron Donald could be a figure that's like when shit starts to go, he stands up and says, follow me. Like, this is my team. This is my side of the football. He could be that pariah that leads this team down the field. Then you need him in the locker room. You need the guy to sort of band everyone together. My question is, if he ain't happy coming in the locker room, What's to make him say, follow me? But what makes you think he's that kind of guy to begin with? Well, I, I, you grow into it as a veteran leader. I think he is a leader. From what, from what I've read and from what I've seen, I think he is a, he's a quiet one, but he is a leader. He, yeah. is, he, is a, he is a confident man and likes to, you know, you can rely on him. And if he sees shit going the wrong way, he wants to win more than anybody. He might be like, yo, guys, shut the fuck up. We're going to do this. Yeah. But why would he put his, his neck out there? If he's not getting a return from the team, sure. I just don't think the Rams organization and any organization for that matter puts that much uh, weight in one player. Ooh, I don't know if I agree. I, with I that. think he's a once in a lifetime talent that you kind of, sort of, if you have that opportunity, you 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 have to move but he on. Play, but he's the defensive tackle. I saw this in Detroit. He's the defensive tackle position. Yes, he's not a quarterback. Yes. Yeah, you know what I mean. That, he's obviously yes. I that's, don't that's think what has. I don't think they put as much importance on that on that skill set the leadership and the and the transcendence of of a defensive tackle otherwise they would have gone further in the playoffs last year you know what i mean they they realized that the money that they could pay him could be split into two or three other ways like any other player mm -hmm. uh and, and make this team more viable than than what the defensive tackle position calls for i think he's worth it personally but there's there's obviously more of a of a philosophy difference in the front office because they know how good he is they, everybody knows how good it's not a secret yeah but but he, they they must believe that the value that he is asking for and his agents are asking for is not commiserate of what the defensive t t tackle position is worth the, in the long run. The juggling that the Rams are going to have to do with this salary cap in the upcoming oh, season is going to be going to be something to watch. Unbelievable! It's, it's going to be something to watch because everyone needs to get paid eventually, Girly. and it's uh, he's a, he's got a lot of money coming to him. And if, if anybody's going to get another Gurley contract, that basically leaves it's, leaves yeah, Aaron Donald a lot of the mix. Crazy. It's going to be one crazy. One thing. One thing is for certain the clock is ticking for the Rams uh, not only on their time to sign Aaron Donald with the contract play. with the contract stipulation not only to get him to play but on his patience as well there's only so much longer I That's think this saying, game of man. chicken can go on before Aaron Donald runs out of I uh, runs out of patience with the, waiting for the Rams to do come to him sits the, any, do you think he sits the season if he doesn't get his deal Absolutely no not. I don't think so I don't think I, I think he's too much of a gamer to to, to sit any time out because he's not getting paid. and they're banking on that so that's what we got for the Rams. That's what we got for the Chargers. That's what we got for football in Los Angeles. Gentlemen, welcome back to the season. Great to be back. I'm Can't excited. Wait. I'm excited. We'll have the uh, divisional breakdown before the season, and then after that we will have a show every week for you, breaking it down, gravestones, pick them. It's all coming back to you. The Left Coasters is back, and I could not be happier. Again, Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini, saying to you in Season 3 of the Left Coasters podcast, give me a hearty. Ram, Ram it. it.
Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers every episode of double down with Breslow is packed with insider tips deeply skilled analysis and in-depth discussions don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting listen to double down with Breslow on the evergreen podcast network or wherever you listen to podcasts that's double down with Breslow the business of sports betting podcast